This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Prophecy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata. I am your gracious host alongside me, Justin Wydell. Justin, how are you? I'm pretty good. Hell yeah. We are back. We have... Hello, James Brown. Yeah, we got a crazy-ass show that we do here. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, the movie, Microscope. We zoom in. Uh, and we're doing a big one today. The latest in our, in our series of Monsters with Respiratory Issues films. <laughs> Prophecy. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with the movie Microscope, it's a show where we we uh, we punch a bunch of knowledge into movies and uh, then dig it out the finer moments uh, and and stick to the stuff that really makes or breaks. Just really hard to it. <laughs> is that a is that a fair perfect? <laughs> So you know, if you guys don't know what the movie microscope is, it's, a, it's where we zoom in. You know, so we we uh, so if we were talking about intersection, we wouldn't be talking about the scene where uh, they find uh, an unused condom on the end of his wee wee. <laughs> we talk about the little moments. <laughs> they. <laughs> What's the intersection? I don't know. It's about a car accident. Isn't Sharon Stone in it or somebody? It's either Sharon Stone or, or uh, Mimi Driver. I don't know. Um, Mimi Driver? <laughs> that's Her what sister. T- that's what Tom Cruise was for a while. Um, oh. Yeah. So here's a big one, folks. Prophecy. <laughs> well, let's right off the bat, let's let's define it by year because some people might think they might be coming in and going, I can't wait to hear these guys talk about The Prophecy starring Elias Coteus and Virginia Madison. And Chris Walken and Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're talking about. No, this about. is though the Just Prophecy. Just Prophecy. Yeah, the big one. The monster movie. The one that didn't get a franchise. <laughs> there was no Prophecy The two. ego of this film, though. Do you remember? The tagline was The Monster Movie. Oh, seriously? I'm serious. <laughs> Well, I have to say that I had never really heard before I met you and you talked about this movie a little bit. I didn't a little bit. Well, I a lot. 
I would mistake it for the the you know 1995's The Prophecy or whatever whenever that came out. I didn't know about this film. It wasn't ever on my radar. Um, you know, we just did Amityville Horror, and that came out the same year. Yeah. And this, so it was like this is like the kind of three best horror films from that era was in this order: Amityville Horror, Prophecy, and then Alien. <laughs> yeah, came out the same year. Yeah. Actually, Alien came out the same month as this film. Lucky cinema goers. <laughs> so I did. It just it wasn't on my radar at all. So there, there, there's a there's a distinct possibility that there were people that said, "I've got enough." spending cash to see one film this month well that what you have to think about um back then people arguing arguing with their friends about what was the better film like commando or rambo right like a lot of people are like oh i can't you can't do both it's mm-hmm. gonna be one or the other yeah yeah or or you know uh prophecy or alien can you imagine if you were on the wrong side of history on this that argument yeah you're like alien's so overrated well that's okay man it's huh. okay. It's fine. So each their own. Almost said so each their own, which is a quote from Godfather Three, which features yeah. Talia Shire. Oh hey, Sergeant Rock or GI Joe? I mean, come on, pick, bitch. <laughs> so anyway, this is a movie I just I had never heard of. How did you did you watch it on cable? Like what did you see in the theater? Because you you were seeing horror films pretty young. So I was. I saw this on uh, cable. Okay. Or, what, what, were they showing it on HBO? Oh, or yeah. Was it like oh, one yeah. of them? Was it like Cinemax, you know? It was... It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, HBO stands for Home Box Office. If you're thinking about a juggernaut... Well, gonna... another thing is this could be shown during the day of HBO. Remember, HBO would never show R-rated movies yeah. at, until night. This is a movie that was shot... I think, you know, John... We, we talk about this, about the the magic ingredients that made this film, but John Frankenheimer yeah. uh, directed it. He His sh- name was my name, too. <laughs> He, he shot it at an R-rated film, and they cut it to make it PG, PG, because they wanted more people to see it. Yeah, um, they reshot Saturday Night Live also to make it more BG. That's t- <laughs> um, Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> I have a zoom in. Correct your zoom. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the cast of this. I, I guess. I guess what, what's you said that it's 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 the monster movie. What did you say? The the that's the tagline. The monster movie. The monster movie. This came out after Jaws. <laughs> came out after literally any other monster movie. <laughs> I mean, this is like someone thinking like, what if Jaws in the woods? That's what that. That's what they thought. That's, a, that's not even a complete sentence. <laughs> I know, but that's what they thought. <laughs> they shut. They sh- they shortcutted it. They like, they had like they had a one minute to pitch it. What if Jaws in the woods? Yeah, <laughs> it's like the WWJD. WI. <laughs> Get that tattooed on your knuckle. Um, plural. Instead yeah. of water, trees. Instead of shark, bear. Yeah. I mean, that's but let's let's it. retain one thing about Jaws: a fucked up mechanical failure of a creature. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there's someone running around in a a fucked up bear costume. Yeah, Kevin this. Peter Hall. Right, Kevin Peter Hall, who is R.I.P. 
Also in uh, lesser known creatures, <laughs> Predator, like Predator yeah. Harry and the Hendersons. Yep. But uh, known for being tall. <laughs> yep. And for makeup applied to him in costumes. But some zoom in, some mm-hmm. trivia. Yeah. They originally had Jean-Claude Van Damme in this suit, too. <laughs> <laughs> was the mutant bear originally, like, roundhousing his victims? <laughs> that would require uh, mobility in the costume. So, uh, this one of the things about this movie is if you look at the poster, the, there's a very elegant-looking creature on the poster. It's like a, it's almost like an egg-shaped uh, visual. It's, like, very strange, but it looks, it's very, like, um, mysterious uh, the creature in the film is not does not look like that. No. Yeah, it looks a little bit like uh, the newborn from uh, the Alien Resurrection. It's I'd say that's the kind of the grandfather to the newborn a little bit. I, I don't in that so. they're both terribly designed creatures. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the cast okay. and the plot of this film. Talia Shire, first build. Huge red flag. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, of of Rocky fame. She played Adrian and Connie in the Godfather mm-hmm. films. And but she also uh, was, uh, I think, uh, Stallone had a because that Talia Shire was in this film had to rewrite some of Rocky because she was unavailable because she yep. was in this film. Like she, uh, her her final scenes in Rocky, he had to rewrite. Yep. So Rocky was is forever changed, and maybe for the better because she was on yeah. this movie. Yeah. Also, uh, one of her biggest fans was J.R. Tolkien. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's like, let of me course. zoom in. Yeah. Because he because he named that uh, the Hobbit's uh, uh, home Talia. Is that why you're saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Robert Foxworth in this. I didn't even bother to learn his name. He's the le- he's the lead. Do you know what he looks like? Mm-hmm. If Donald Sutherland and Kiefer Sutherland were to have a baby, <laughs> yes. So he. Oh, today. Hello. Zoom in. Did I mess with it? It's still going. We we can hope that it's dead. <laughs> Is it still? Am I am I? Uh, You're live and on on TV. Sorry, I thought I kicked out the jams. So Robert Foxworth, the lead in this. Uh, yeah. Armand Asante, early performance from him. I don't know if it's the first. It's uh, not. Um, Nick's having a little hookah over there. They didn't. Do, they did, otherwise, it would have been an introducing Armand Asante credit. And Victoria Racimo, I believe, plays a. I think it's her name. I thought she was kind of good in this. Uh, she plays one of the Native American yeah, folks. Uh, the run around the woods. That's that. Was that her name? Uh, in the movie, her name's like Ramona or something. Okay, yeah. was her Indian name was Run Around the Woods or something. No. Richard Dysert? Richard Dysert from The Thing. Yeah. He played uh, Doc in The Thing. So we, we we did two films back-to-back that feature minor characters from The Thing. Yeah. He's a little bit more prominent than the other guy was in The Thing. Yeah. He gets uh, his arms eaten off in The Thing. and this, he just gets his lower half eaten yeah. off. Yeah. It's an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So what did you think of hey, Richard Dysert? I like him. Yeah, he's kind of he's fun. His hair is crazy in this film. It is crazy, but he he. So the plot of the movie is um, nature is getting fucked. Yeah, Richard Far- Foxworth plays a 
a doctor that is uh, helping out kind of great line of dialogue he has early on in the film yeah you know what I'm talking about no and he describes him himself his career what does he say well the guy's trying to coerce him into going to deal with this crisis over in the uh, yeah and he 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 goes I'm strictly a rat biting gas leak man (laughs) talk about a very specific field well that's how you first see him as he's addressing he he's in a uh, a poor community uh, in the city I guess it's in New York City I don't know where they are yeah he bumps into Gregory Hines at one point (laughs) and he uh is there's a a woman her baby's been bitten by rats and he is he's there to uh, help out the baby to carry the baby out to an ambulance and to uh, they you know rip the landlord the landlord is this uncaring person that doesn't take care of his building and that, that's the setup and this guy uh, meets him and says hey we need you out in the woods yeah we need this the, kind of expertise as, out as in the do. woods yeah although I think it's kind of he's there's a deleted scene that's sort of shady because you see him out back paying the rats. <laughs> is that a scam? Yeah, he's got like a he's got a coin purse filled with cheese. <laughs> so he's got a heart of gold. Uh, this guy comes and says, "Hey, out in the woods right now," and he goes, "Where the woods? There's a paper mill, uh, and there's uh, that is kind of encroaching and um, you know cutting up the these lands that these Native American folks think." Obviously, yeah. the, the, the the sacred ground, like their that's their land, yeah. and so there's a big fight between those two groups. Well, where you say he has a heart of gold, yeah. Are you being sarcastic, of course. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, they kind of they try to paint him out to be because like, if he was a Terminator, they try to make him be a saint. Basically, and you were looking through his vision, uh-huh. you know, the options will come up. Option one is always abortion. <laughs> All right. So anyway. He gets, for some reason, this guy, he's a people person, they say. Like, he's good with people. He needs to calm these groups so they can make a decision about what they're going to do out there. Does this does this paper mill have a right to fuck up the woods, right? right. And so he's going to go over there and and, uh, and and judge the situation, bringing his cello-playing wife in tow, Talia Shire, who is... her playing classic musician. Who is secretly pregnant because she's worried... To tell her husband, who's very busy very and busy. doesn't want kids, does not that she is pregnant. That's yeah. the big. So that's the big kind of the yeah. B plot. The B plot in this movie is that she is trying to find a a place or a, a, the right moment to bring up that she's pregnant or have an abortion without him knowing it. Yeah, she don't want no abortion. She doesn't. She wants the kids. She wants a family. Yeah, but he won't talk to her about it. He doesn't want to bring kids in the world because the world is a tough place. Yeah. Um, Zoom in. <laughs> yeah, he's got a point a little bit. Yeah. The world is tough. Worse now. Um, so then they they uh, they hop on a private jet and they say destination the woods. Yeah. Right now, did you happen to notice? You know, okay, we've been on plane rides together. Yeah. I remember once we played Advance Wars for hours, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I remember. Do you know how you see how she kills time, or she, she reads on the plane? I kind of remember this. What is she doing? Yeah. She's reading sheet music. That's right. She has sheet music. On the fucking plane. Well, that's one thing that you, you're introduced to her in this concert hall. They're giving a, um, a performance. Like, she, you know, it's like a symphony. She's, she's, she's on stage and she's looking like she is having an issue. Having an issue. Can't read the music right. Her, uh, her baby's ruining a, yet another thing. Yeah. So there's a big thing in this movie where Ty Shire is, looks like she's maybe a month pregnant. 
I, you know, she's not showing for sure. Right. And she has trouble getting around because I guess she's pregnant. So yeah. she's always stumbling through everything. Uh, she's always having the vapors, I guess, is what maybe an old term. But uh, even at the beginning, when you're introduced to her character, she is distracted. She's not playing right. Her fellow cellist mm-hmm. notices and fellist. goes, "Fellist, fellist." And anyway, that's kind of her whole character. That's her whole character trait is uh, stumbling around, and then later on, carrying a mutant bear. That's her two things she gets yeah. to do in this movie. Uh, did you get your notes mixed up with Rocky? <laughs> So, John Frankenheimer fucked up two monster <laughs> movies, right? So, he, he screwed this I one up. I don't consider Ronan really a monster movie. And then The Di- Island of Dr. Moreau. Both these movies, he was a director for hire on. And yeah. he came in and said, uh, you guys made a bad choice. <laughs> you hired me. And I'm fucking it up. But he's the guy that I think uh, decided to change the design of the creature. He wanted it to look more bear-like. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Let's talk about the start of the film because we we leapt to introducing the characters, yeah. but the movie starts off much like E.T. with flashlights in the woods. Yeah, very much identical. Is yeah. the same, right? Yeah. And so, what's happening? Uh, there's a, a group of, of searchers with dogs, soon to be deads. Yes, mm-hmm. dog goes over the cliff. So they're running towards something. The dogs catch wind of something. As soon as the John Frankenheimer's credit comes up, the dogs break through the brush. You hear them. And then they're 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 uh, they're straining at their leashes, trying to get to something. Yeah. You don't know what. And the men are following them in the darkened woods. Yeah, I'm gonna say woods so much. I, I already have. I'm getting wood just thinking about it. And uh, there's a cliff, and the dogs both jump off the cliff. Um, and they're thank God those guys have their leashes, right? Like right. one of the le- the guys, the dogs dangling over the cliff on a leash. But one of them isn't. And one of them goes. Yeah. And then the later that one, the leash breaks, so they both go. Yeah. Yes. But so, we there's a happy ending to that. <laughs> Very happy ending. But yeah, those guys they decide to rappel down, you know, see hey, they didn't hear the dogs plap on the ground. It's not a very the, the dogs it's not a very uh it I mean it's pretty high. You can't just jump off it, but it's not like it's a you know, yeah. you can rappel down it pretty yeah. quickly. It's not Vormir. No. And uh so the two two of the out of the three Repelled down after the dogs, and then the guy remaining at the top is like, "Hey guys!" Then they hear, he hears their screams. He hears their screams, like they're they're surely being attacked and they're dying. And he goes, "Hey guys, you guys okay? Nope, you guys are in hell. I'll he goes, come see you." And he, I'm gonna come down too. And how and, does he do? Well, he falls. Yeah, it breaks his back theoretically, and then he it breaks everything. Then the bear, the the something you don't know what it is, comes and try to tries to uh, do mouth to mouth. Is that what? Oh. I think it's called mouth to muzzle in that sense. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, so then they later show them all over like some kind of classical music, all the dead dogs but I, and, and bodies. But I love that shot. But I don't know why I wrote, I said the intro scene is heartbreak fluid. I don't know why I wrote that. But there's a great scene where the guy screams Jim. He just screams Jim really loud towards yeah. the camera. That made me happy. Yeah. I'm a big fan of when people scream Jim. The dogs are bloodhounds. Yeah, you notice that? Yeah. They're, those That's are the, what they used to. Yeah, those are tra- blood. traditional search dogs. Yeah. I mean, this film, one thing you could you can't criticize it for is its lack of authenticity. 
Well, I thought this movie had when they showed the they do show the dogs' carcasses, like the at least one of the yeah. dogs, and I thought it looked a little more realistic than the yeah. dogs in No Country. Yeah, for old men. Yep. And then I found out that Frankenheimer actually killed dogs for this movie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> those were real dead dogs. Um, no, I mean in his prep. <laughs> But we see one of the Blundhounds very soon after, and that's one of the most adorable things. What do you mean? A flying bloodhound. Oh, they so one of the dogs doesn't die. Right. Right, we, and so, yeah, you're right. They rescue it. And, and I didn't know that's how you rescue dogs. You attach them to a harness and fly them around the countryside. What does it remind you of? Operation Dumbo. Dream. No, what does it remind you of? One of the movies that we've done in this in our, our year of movie microscope. You got one shot at this. Okay. A dog that's in a harness flying. No. Oh. 2010? Is that what that movie is? What's the movie? 2012? 2012. Remember? They had animals animals and harnesses lifting up giraffes and stuff. You know how I got... See, this one was real. I can't remember the name of the movie. This wasn't CG. This was real, so I couldn't... I didn't mix them up. But yeah, so well, let me. I'm going to step you back because this right. is a movie microscope. And so when they're when the doctor's in uh, the as he puts it, the ghetto tenement area, and they're outside. Ta- he's outside talking to. And this is how you know it's run down. There's all, all sorts of graffiti in the halls and outside the buildings. Did you notice any of their graffiti? I did not. It's a movie microscope. You got to zoom in. Yeah, I just wrote down a few of the. Okay. Soul. Just the word soul. S O U L. Just someone decided that they're just going to put that up there. Right. Smoky. Nice. And then my favorite, Takey. T A K I E. You know, I don't know if I've seen some graffiti in my day, and sometimes it's beautiful, and sometimes somebody takes the time to, you know, scrawl or to spray fuck or yeah. asshole or something. Yeah. This is. Strictly PG graffiti. Takey. Takey, yes. <laughs> but I just said you didn't notice any of that? No, I oh. was trying to get through this thing. <laughs> oh, by the way, we watched this on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime came through. We For the last movie and this, you can stream them both if you have Amazon Prime. Yeah, and I own this movie on iTunes, but chose Amazon Prime because of its convenient fast forward 10 seconds. There's only show. one reason that you own this movie. Yeah, one scene. One scene. Yeah. Yep. Is that true, or is there two? No, there's, I mean, I like this. I like some of this. Mm-hmm. But, man, that 10-second skip feature oh, in 70s movies, oh, God, it's a treat. Is that what you're doing? Oh, my God. I watched the whole damn thing. It's long, bro. I know, but this end, the Amityville Heart's like, oh, man, he's walking from this building to this building. I got to just fucking... Don't this, is a, this is a, uh, at least... This is almost two hours, this movie. Frankenheimer has some very long takes in this film. Although, I'll tell you unnecessary. what... Unnecessary. He's made some shit, but he's made some great. I know he's made some great stuff. That's why he's inconsistent. What's his favorite? What's your favorite film by him? Reindeer Games. Did he do the Manchurian Candidate? The original? Yeah, I think he did. I think he might have. I love. I love that. I love obviously Ronan. Um, did he do Frankenhooker? <laughs> um, Let's look him up. He did. Did he do Seconds? I think he did Seconds. I think he did do Seconds, which is great. He Friedkin did Sorcerer. Um, I always get him and freaking discombobulated. Why? Because they both start with an F. Oh. And they both made hard-ass, hard-ass mutant bear movies. 
He's kind of a... Dead. Was he kind of a jerk? I think he's kind of a jerk, yeah. right? Nope. Friedkin, yes, not Frankenheimer. Friedkin still works. He still walks, right? Yeah, he still writes books. Um, all right, John Frankenheimer, director for hire. You know what? In season three of the movie Microscope. Mm-hmm. We'll look this up beforehand. In season three of the movie Microscope, we should do a Freakin' Friday. Every Friday, do a Freakin' movie. I'm, I'm into it. Okay. He did a lot. Um, let's just go. Let's go. Th- we'll just. You know, he did Birdman of Alcatraz, which I'm sure you saw. Seconds, you're right. Uh, uh, I'll Walk the Line. The Iceman Cometh. You remember all these stories? Some. All these movies, I mean? French Connection 2. Yeah. Black Sunday was a big one for him. Yeah, French Connection 2 wasn't awful. Mm-hmm. Um, 52 Pickup, which... Scheider. Margaret. I mean, how do you lose? I watched that quite a bit back in the day. Uh, Year of the Gun. Can I zoom in? Year of the Gun. Mickey Rourke. Yep. Yeah. Elmore Leonard, who? Fifty-two. Yeah, it was. It was. It, that's not a very good movie. But didn't, uh, didn't keep me from watching the living dick out of it. Uh, Ronan. He did Island Doctor Murray Did Ronan after Island Doctor? That was Murray. his last so movie. He, he died. No, he did sure. rain, Reindeer Games. Uh, I'm gonna um, pretend he died. He died after. Did he die a car accident? Did he? I know that Bob Clark did, and I know that Desmond Llewellyn did. He did, right? He did. I know that Ryan Dunn did. I know that the Jane, Mans- guy? Jane Mansfield died. Yeah. John James Dean. Wow, we're zooming in. Huge. John Frankenheimer. He probably didn't. No, you got confused. Autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> but he was in a car when it happened. <laughs> Don't you have to be? Oh. I don't. Um, let's see here. He died. I don't know. Didn't say. Anyway, so. So, yeah. Let's talk about the Cathodon. We haven't even mentioned this yet. So we talked a lot about Mutant Bear, but it we actually did, has a name. Yeah, we did the Cathoga a couple episodes ago. Now we got the Cathodon. The one thing about this podcast is we're kind of shining a light on some forgotten movie monsters that never really got their due. They never... Okay, so quickly. Mm-hmm. Wolfen. Right. Victor Salva. Cathoga. Cathodon. You know, I'm not exactly sure. Is that how you pronounce it? It's how you... Because I think people have a tough time pronouncing it in this film. They don't really know how to say it. There's no consistency. There's It's like Cathodon. Right. Uh, Cathodon. The first time I hear it... I thought he he said Cathodon. Mm-hmm. The way he sounded said it sounded like it said retarded. It does. It actually did. And, yeah. And I think that's where you, that that phrase comes from. You say Cathodon, I say Cathodon. <laughs> and I think, um, unfortunately for us, when uh, Frankenheimer—that's how Frankenheimer pronounces it—and mm-hmm. he went to the makeup artist and said, "Make it look, make it look retarded." <laughs> did you see? By the way, the, one of the lines in this film that Richard Dysart says is, describes it, or I think he says it. He repeats he, something that the Indians... Yeah, and he says that they say it's like a dragon with cat eyes. Larger than a dragon with no, eyes of a cat. Yeah. And then... That's right. That's yeah, yeah. the that's the myth. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, larger than a cat with the eyes of a makeup accident. <laughs> 
do you think he was saying? Yeah, I mean, because he really, they must not have seen the creature, because he might have had pulled Frankenheimer aside and said, maybe we can get a different description. It's the Cathanon, by the way, is a uh, legendary beast, like a mythical beast that is uh, made up of of different all the animals in nature. Yeah. It seems like. Well, I think I think here's the problem: uh-huh. misdiagnosis, mm-hmm. because I think the Cathanon is a badass. Okay. This is just a chemical affected bear. It, it is, and that's. I don't think it's the cathodon itself. That's the big mystery here: is that the paper mill, and you know, is is using uh, mercury to uh, treat the wood that they that they later pulp, right, or something. And the mercury is not getting, the only mercury that treated wood. What do you mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, but you know, that's the whole thing: is that the people in the uh, the Native American community, they're, they live there, they're getting sick, they're having, um, they're dying, their children are dying, they're having deformed babies. Um, and the paper mill is, is unbeknownst to, to uh, anybody, has been treating this wood with mercury. And that's actually, uh, the, the story's based on like a real thing that happened in Japan. So, it, you know, it, that got into the water supply and messed people up and uh, mercury is, is kind of known for doing that. So, uh, you know, mutating fish and all that stuff. And there's there's several weird shots of Brownwall. Hey, welcome back. Welcome. Oh, come back with a vengeance. <laughs> Pepper in our ears with toilet noise. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a that might be one of the best. That might be top five Brownwall. Yeah. So uh, there's several shots of mutated. Uh, you know beasts in this uh that you can relate later to i guess the island of dr moreau in a way but it's you know there's uh, mutant fish mutant yep. bears um mutated i guess raccoon there's a well there's a there's not a mutated raccoon just a crazy raccoon oh it, you think it's mutated it's mutated but the effects budget didn't allow uh and that what one of my favorite things is whenever our hero uh robert Foxworth, I don't know what's his name in the movie. We should look that one up. Scientist. Let's call him Billy. Okay. He goes out fishing as you do, yeah. you know, enjoying nature, and he uh, catches a fish, but then he sees a gigantic. Well, fish. he witnesses a duck assassination as he, well. Well, he didn't. Yeah, the duck disappears. He it's out of his eyesight, but he turns around, the duck's gone. But then he sees like right, and they show it right in front of the camera. This gigantic fish, yeah. like just. Uh, jump in front of the camera and then he can't get over it until he finds out what's going on he keeps talking about that fish yep um, I still have a 10 grabs on Trouble City of the pro- of Prophecy oh you do yeah, is that link. one of the grabs oh yeah I could link to that uh, yeah you should on the uh, message board thread nobody really responds to some people do we got some comments small amount thanks guys uh, good cop bad cop so there's a hilarious giant fish in great this, and then there's a hilarious I, I guess it's a giant cello, but it's just a cello. But she brings that cello with her. They're going to be gone there for yeah. two weeks, but she she brings her huge cello with her. Um, and you know that's one of those things is you all if you introduce a cello in a movie, you got to pay it off. That that thing disappears. You well, never no, s- there's a scene where Richard Dysart diagnoses the wood that it's made of, and yeah. then she tells him what her name for it is. What Biafra. But then you never see it again. Like it's, it doesn't come back out. 
I didn't miss it. And that's what I thought that was going to happen at the end when the bear, the mutant bear was going absolutely fucking crazy. I thought she's going to bust the cello out and then music. Soothe it? Yeah, music calms the, the beast. That's a, that's a good idea. But they didn't go for that. I thought for sure that was going to be the, the climax of this film is her playing cello in the woods. Now, you mentioned that fish. There's a great line of dialogue later in the film. In the I, film. I really, I'm sure I wrote it down. You go for you Robert Foxworthy says, I saw a salmon that took my breath away. He does that. I wrote it down. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're talking about the, the, the crazy wildlife. Yeah. yeah. First line of Whitney Houston's the greatest love of all. <laughs> Zoom in. <laughs> Armando Sante looks like a piss hole in the snow. <laughs> he's coming out of a hole at one point. How do I- <laughs> yes. He, and, and early in his life. He he's a, a very stoic, uh, kind of a leader of uh, the Native Americans. I don't believe that he's a Native American man, is he? He's a weird thing. Um, and he uh, he it, the, the way you're introduced to his character is they're trying to the the our the our main characters along with these representatives of the paper mill are trying to drive into the woods. They are stopped by this group. <laughs> that escalates. It does escalate. <laughs> there is a uh, they've they've kind of uh, created, that is a weird scene. It is very strange. They've created <laughs> the uh, the people have created a barrier to stop. Uh, by barrier, you mean a, a chain a, link, a chain between well, trees, but they can't drive through it. It's locked. Right. And then uh, Richard Dysart orders one of his men to chainsaw the trees down so they can get by. And then it escalates into an axe versus chainsaw, chainsaw fight. fight. Yeah, as as you expect from a mutant bear movie. And then the uh, you know Armand Asante loses the fight, uh, gets a chainsaw, wins, wins the war. But he gets a chainsaw, uh, just like uh, a running chainsaw right at his neck, like not yeah. cutting it, but like right there, like if you move, I'll kill you. And then the group unlocks the because he's going to die. He he wants to die for his cause, yeah. but his group won't let that happen. Right. And they unlock the chain, and the evil uh, company drive through. And so... can I, Okay, can, I, can we take a side zoom? Yeah. True life story. I know people love these. So I was friends with a young man in fifth grade named Chris. I won't say his last name. Um, we were tight. Yes. And then I went away to another school. And that guy, Chris, stayed in... The, it was a Catholic school. He stayed in that system... Mm-hmm. And he became best friends with another kid who became Sean's best friend. I hope this school. has a happy Sean ending. Sean Fahey does not have a happy ending. Those guys both became big-time activists, tree huggers, like big-time. Okay. Pro-environment, and they were save the trees. That was, like, their big cause. Okay. One night, late at night, in the rain, they're driving. A tree falls on them. They died. Both? Both. They were killed by a tree. They, were they, they really were like activists? They were, yeah, seriously. That sucks. God hated them. But when How I'm old saying, were they? they were, it was high school. So They got killed in high, they were in high like school. 11th grade, yeah. So th- I, thought of, I thought of that while I was watching this because Armando Sante was willing to give his life for the tree. Right. But that tree may not like him. He needs to <sighs> rearrange his priorities. Also needs to rearrange their priorities. The guy with the chainsaw. Are you really going to cut off a guy's head? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no question that this movie is certainly siding with the people native to the area. Uh, you know, sympathies sympathies lie with uh, environmentalists. Um, you know, it's it's a message movie in a weird way. 
but uh, the, oh, there's a message. <laughs> it's very heavy-handed. I think at the time the movie got really criticized for like being that heavy-handed. But um, you Steven know, Seagal saw it and said, Whew. "You definitely hate anybody that has anything to do with the company." And the and at one point we take a tour through the paper mill, and. Frankenheimer really wants to show that thing off. Yeah. Like, it is a tour through. A lot of production value there. And uh, Talia Shire, of course, she, since she's a month pregnant, is uh, having trouble getting up and down stairs. Has to be kind of, um, Richard Dyser has to kind of help her yeah. through these, you know, wide-spanning uh, walkways mm-hmm. uh, as as the real production is happening with for paper. Right. And um, my Richard Dyser says something really awesome there. Because he, he says, uh, he criticizes our main character who's going to write a report and he goes you're going to be writing this report you're going to be printing it out on paper right and then you're going to be copying it it's going to be more paper so he's like you're culpable as much as right. as much as we are damaged to the environment you're just as culpable yeah i mean he's got a point but he says this line um he says with the exception of grocery bags no one likes paper that isn't white yeah now i take exception yeah i do too let's Let's why construction paper exactly exactly what I thought. Yeah, he leaves that out. Yeah, and what's does any if you have a pack of construction paper and there is a white sheet in there, that's the la- puke. That's last place. Yeah, you put that aside because that's boring. It's boring. Uh, you know what? But you know what's more useless almost in a way is the black sheet. I mean, that's hard to do unless you have like a white marker or something. Right. But it's also kind of fun. It is. But, but there's not in post its huge, huge. But post-its are around then, weren't they? Or in the sub- late 70s? Oh, yeah. So what's he talking about? Uh, in his defense, mm-hmm. white paper does have a monopoly. People like white paper. I'll give you that, but it's not the only choice besides brown paper bags for grocery stores. I think he could have may- maybe gone on a little bit longer. He's, he's like, also, Clarify. also construction paper. Yeah. Also post-it notes. Yes. He's like, by the way, also my daughter's wedding... We used a, a bizarre green paper that's neither construction paper nor white paper. Now, maybe what he's talking about is that maybe this was construction paper they dye it. I guess they probably do, right? So maybe he was like traditionally, you know. But then he no, he talk, you have to do that to paper. You have to bleach it. So what is he talking about? Yeah. I, I'm confused by his. Well, keep in mind he's got a. He's very, talking about bleaching. He's a, that's a, why he's talking. He's got about a limited worldview based on his experience with that company. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they teach them. Don't talk about no. Brown paper, but I think also business. it's it's probably the writer thought he was getting in like a little jab, like a little race, race, yeah. race thing in there. Yeah. And that's probably what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's true because construction paper is multiple colors. Mm-hmm. Construction workers tend to be multiple colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, by the way, here's something I, we talked about this before. Here's something that never happened on the set. Mm-hmm. There was never a moment where Frankenheimer said, "Talia, tone it down." <laughs> During the chainsaw fight, she's in the car. She could be reading her fucking newspaper. Yeah. Well, no, they are, yeah. no emotion. Yeah. Well, she's Frankenheimer is can't blame she, pregnancy for everything. She well, she probably was like trying to react, and he's like, "No, remember, Talia, you're pregnant. You can't. You're in a haze, just like all pregnant people are. You're in like, look, man, scroll through Instagram. It's filled with pregnant people getting shit done." I do. I do. I do go to hashtag pregnant a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's women lifting shit, kicking mm-hmm. ass, doing, drinking fit milk. What's uh, Armand Desante's name in this? Uh, it's he's got an is a bird in the name. John Hawks. There you go. 
That's right. Zoom in. Can you believe it? Never seen them in the same room together, have we? I have not. Played John Hawks. She's Tally Shard. She... They, they they did say there was a mime in the trivia that worked on this film. Do you think the mime was helping her stumble? No, you you need to stumble like this. You need to uh, not be able to walk in uh, on dirt like this. Like coaching her how to like. He broke his his code of silence just to see if she'd emote. <laughs> um, so we were talking about the raccoon. That's a fucked up scene. Poor little guy. So the, yeah, this this movie like you have to th- wonder at some point if if they realize how ridiculous like some of this shit was because there is a raccoon attack in this film. Yeah, uh, there's a they're having a a, a, conver- a weighted conversation the couple in, in their cabin about where Talia Shire is desperately trying to. Okay, yeah, it is the longest discussion. Yeah. about fetal anything and she's, I've ever seen. She's almost going to bring up that she's pregnant to her husband, but he and they're trying to get. They're trying to get make out in front of the fireplace. It's, it's like a kind of a romance scene, but she's got this thing weighing on her mind. And then he hears something at the door. He opens it, and there is a, I don't know how do you say it, like a crazed uh, raccoon that looks like it's glued to the porch and can't get loose. Like <laughs> yeah. You have to wonder if, if they hurt animals on this. They, it looks like uh, they probably hurt that raccoon. Okay. Don't you think? I hope not. I hope not too, but there's a extended fight sequence with a raccoon who leaps on uh, Richard Foxworth, then decides he wants Talia Shire instead. Uh, they get a paddle out. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of raccoon hissing at the paddle, him flinging the raccoon into a fireplace. Yeah, that part, like he pins it up against the wall. Yeah. Then he flings it into the fireplace, and it's instantly dead. Well, I think he kills it with the, he crushes it with the paddle. Okay. And he flings it into the fire. Uh-huh. But he, apparently they were able to, to salvage a few pieces of it. Do you think uh, them cutting to uh, them at dinner right afterwards? Well, you're lying because you know what they cut directly to after that? Disco music. Did they really? The kids, the family hiking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instant cut from Cinder, uh, the raccoon in the fireplace to disco music in the family. So there's a father and his two children out hiking in the woods, and uh, the daughter is very loudly listening to a portable radio on her belt. Walkman. I think it's a portable radio. It's not a Walkman. Well, the, I had the subtitles on, and it said Walkman. Yeah, it's. An, I, I'm pretty sure it's a... She's she's getting good reception out there. That thing is loud, and the dad asks her to turn it off, to turn it down, because he hears something in the woods. Then doesn't hear it, and then she's like, "Can I turn it back on?" He's like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, but they, and, the, fucking and, and, hike. The, and the camera zooms into a tree. Nothing happens. No, no, you hear the breathing. You hear the yeah, but nothing happens. Nothing physical. No, no, happens. you don't see the bear till later, until the attack on the family. Yep. Yeah. Dumb. But that family plays a big part in this movie later. Big part. The only part you like? Pretty much. Actually, no, I, I like all the stuff with the bear. Yeah. Well, oh, you like anything with a bear in it. The Edge. Right. Grizzly Park. What else? Do you think the bear is underutilized? And we'll call this a bear. It's not truly a bear, but let's just round up. I used to call it an inside-out bear. That's fair enough. Yeah. That's what we'll call it. Do you think the bear is an unutilized antagonist in in movies? Overused. You think it's overused? Yeah. Bears are sweet. How about a raccoon? 
<laughs> you forgot The Revenant. You forgot the movie The Bear. Do you think you forgot that the Alabama football movie? Do you think that there is a uh, a lot of movies that feature raccoon attacks, or is this the only one? God, I hope it is. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what's the scariest shit in the jungle? An a-, a raccoon, salmon. Sam, we have a theme with salmon too. What if the salmon? I know. Was, James almost. What, what if he was the salmon? Oh, a little cameo. Yeah. What if, um, do you think anybody it, it was kind of really on their, like, just freaking out in this movie? Just like, you know, like, went to see it and was like, is just petrified of horror films. And the raccoon scene happens, they walked out. They're like, I'm done. I yeah. can't. Nerve wracked, completely shattered. I can't be yeah. here. Yeah. That's too much for me. Yeah. Um, I bet it happened. I bet maybe the, this is some, that scene is some people's scariest thing they've ever seen in a yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. This, that, that thought warms my heart it's a cute those people have lived a sheltered ass life that's a cute thing to be scared yeah. of yeah yeah I feel bad for the people who got in a car accident on the way away from the movie <laughs> you do yeah well hopefully they didn't get killed <laughs> by the way this was not intentional uh-huh. but uh I wrote Talia shite <laughs> my you don't like her performance in this movie I, I she's l- low energy oh that's for sure yeah raccoon's not we should read it. I should have read about what happened to that raccoon if they just threw it in the garbage afterwards or they had a proper burial. Yeah. Um, they they had to have injured that, that raccoon. I hope not. If you stay past the credits, this is you know. Here's an interesting zoom. This is one of the... This may be the first movie or one of the first filmed in Vancouver or filmed like... Yeah. You know, when they started kind of leading that trend of the Hollywood North or whatever. I think that's how they put it in IMDb, but like where Hollywood of the North where X-Files shot up there, which this could again I mean, have X started like Sever. an X-Files episode. Huh? X versus Sever shot there. Underworld. <laughs> Silent Hill. You don't have to Slither. Start with the best. But um, that, that I guess that this movie, to save money, it's shot there. And you know, I think every penny's on the screen. I mean, you can tell. Oh, eight of them. <laughs> Nick told me we had read some trivia about this movie. He said that and that they had a uh, retired CIA uh, agent in charge of security because they were so worried about anything getting out about this film. It's a it was a very secretive production. Yeah. Do you think they were trying to hide that what a disaster this thing was going to be? What it looked like the studio was like, maybe we shouldn't release it because then we can make sure nobody finds out anything about this film. And the movie has kind of gathered a, I guess, a cult following because it's has some very strange, laughable sequences in it. Um, I think, and they, IMDb trivia said that Stephen King's a fan of this film. Yeah. Doesn't like The Shining, but <laughs> likes this prophecy or prophecy. The funny thing is, is, I mean, we were kind of, I think we were early adopters on the site for this and Manitou. Like we were like kind of the ground forces for these. Manitou is definitely better movie than this yeah but i you got a fondness for this one i, I do it's, i mean the camping scene okay well let's talk about the camping I, scene do you want to talk about it yet yeah let's talk about it we're at that point in the movie I, that's the one scene i've seen from this because you showed it to yeah me. it's just uh now there's there now this film was forced into a pg rating it's originally gonna be an r-rated mm-hmm. movie and you could see scenes where they cut away mm-hmm 
Um, this is this is the the one scene where it doesn't matter about the rating because it's a bloodless scene, but it's fucking lovely. And uh, the problem is, it's it's the seventies. There's no way to make that creature effective. No. Well, there is. They're, they didn't. They did not. And there's a lot of scenes where the creature is obviously on a rig and something's driving backwards to make it look like it's moving. Okay. It's not good. But, mm. yeah, so there's a scene where the, the people are camping. It's really nice. The one one little tyke has got themselves zipped up in their sleeping bag. Mm. Well, Dad, he wakes up. It starts off where he wakes up, hears something, and then he... Is then it a boy or a like, girl? It's a boy. Okay. And he zips it, and zips it back up. He zips uh, the sleeping bag over his head so you can just it's adorable. see the, the Ador- Just a little face sticking out. Yeah, or just his little hair, actually. He zips it up over his face. Okay. And, and the other ones are sleeping, and everybody's having a good time, and then Prophecy shows up. Yeah. That's the name of the, the bear? Is his name Prophecy? Because yeah. I have no idea yeah. why it's called Prophecy, by the way. I mean, I guess there's a prophecy about... I'm gonna, no, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call the bear prophecy. Let's just call it, let's just wind, let's use that name somehow. So prophecy shows up, right? Um, Hungry, he, they're shit in their pants. Yeah, well, they wake up to a bear a mutant prophecy in their faces. The right. dad and the and the and the daughter. Yeah, and the one that's got it all zipped out, little face is sticking out, freaks out. Obviously, doesn't have time to unzip. Mm-hmm. We all, we've to, all been there. Starts a jumping bag. Does like a little jumping. Tries starts to jump the jumping away. bag. Exactly. Yeah. Starts to jumping bag. Perfect. What happens? Swatted, swatted at an incredible speed into a tree. No, into a huge rock. Into a huge rock. Right. Zoom in. Right. And you feathers, hear, death. You, you hear bone crunching noise, and yeah. then you see uh, like a bunch of because uh, it's a sleeping bag uh, full. Of, it's a down sleeping bag, so you see all this. Uh, as soon as yeah. it hits the rock, a big puff, uh, a shit full of feathers fly out. Yeah. And uh, Frankenheimer really. Uh, keeps the camera lingering as the feathers f- fall to yeah, the ground ultimate resting place Under the, oh, the best shot, though, sleeping is, bag there's a shot where the where the pov of prophecy mm-hmm. where you see the face of the human up close and then instantly jerk backwards away great shot and it's well that's and that's great editing great everything that scene that's the first time you see the the prophecy yeah the, the bear and so it's a little kid in the sleeping bag he dies prophecy adams is the full name like Grizzly Adams. Yeah, very good. His brother. Or his, well, Grizzly Adams is a dude. But anyway, so a silly sequence. Kind of disturbing in a way. Well, uh, when you think about that family's future. And you mind if I zoom in. Yeah. Down sleeping bags are problematic because they retain moisture. If you have them out in the woods, you you don't want to. It used to be what people did because they kept keep you warm. But they don't really because they retain moisture. So if you guys have the choice, don't go. They still make them. Don't go down. Oh, don't go down sleeping bags. Don't go down. Um, get like a synthetic or I guess I don't know what what else the material they make them from. But yeah. so that kid, I mean, kind of in a way deserved to die because his sleeping bag's so yeah. dumb. Well, less, less, uh, less problematic or probably more problematic than that is mm-hmm. a giant bear killing you. No, but before that, I'm saying before that scene, I mean, he shouldn't have. Yeah. And they're heavy, too, I think. You know, like, they're pretty heavy. And maybe there weren't a lot of options back then. I, it's this late 70s. Maybe all the sleeping bags were down. I don't know. I didn't zoom in enough. Yeah. I didn't zoom quite that. Yeah. I'm just saying now. You know, I think it would have made sense if they remade this movie now and they the prophecy slammed yeah. the kid into a rock. Yeah. There weren't it's no like feather, so, no got, feathers come yeah. out. 
It's gonna be like a. It's gonna be one of those Patagonia bullshits or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you still zip them up over your head. Or. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. Transforms from REI to RIP. In that yeah. Scene. Man, REP. Man down. Yeah, little yeah. guy. I f- yeah, that that kid was not annoying. He was actually kind of a cutie. Yeah. He was. Remember, he, they, he talked to the main character. He said, "Hey, it's good to see. He's nice." And then they're walking through the woods, having fun. And then his third scene, he gets destroyed. Yeah. Uh, uh, zoom in. That actor became Buckethead, the guitar player. Baby. Did you, do you know his name? Victim. Johnny Temko, the actor's name. I think I wrote it down because it's a pretty great name. Yeah. Uh, no, Johnny Temko. Nice. Dead. No. No. In the movie. Actually, no. Is Survived. It? Yeah. You don't want to hear the sequel? Okay. I got a sequel idea. All right. Are we there? Not yet. Okay. Of course not. Um, you didn't. We didn't even talk about Armand Asante jumping through the window yet. That's it later in the film. Not that much later. They come to arrest those him it's for the, right after because that's they yeah. go look at the scene. Well, yeah. So they come to arrest but him, did, but a for piece the of the bear's meat gets on the tree somehow. So no, what happens is it's not a piece of the bear's meat. So what happens is. They come to they, they they find these dead family in the woods. They don't show that or anything, and yeah. they come to arrest old John Hawks. They think he's killing these tourists to to you know because he's mad that they're stomping on his lands. It's not what's happening. There's a crazy mutant bear out there. That's what's really happening. But he flees. John Hawks runs into the house and then jumps. You see him it. jump through a window. Well, you see the stuntman jump. Yeah, but it's a great. It's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, he gets away. They give up the chase instantly. I mean, they just, they're in awe. Yeah. I mean, I would too. He's quick. Yeah. Window uh, Also handsome. Disgusting think, to look at. No ways. Armand Asante is a stiff, weird mm. thing. I think he's a beautiful man. Can I zoom on the side again? Yeah. So, you know, I worked on Grizzly Park. And mm. uh, we were working on the marketing for it. And I had a great idea for the tagline. Yeah. A bear will shit you in the woods. <laughs> I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. They didn't go with that. It's great. It is great. It's a great tagline. Also, let me zoom in. There's marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was. It was. It was me and Rod Steiger at the end of Amityville running the show. Did you? Did you have a? You have a poster from that movie here somewhere? Somewhere, not on the wall. You should put it on the wall. Yeah, put it on the inside of the walls. <laughs> Red room. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, so here, here's they a, ended up going with. It's going to be a bear. Really? Yeah. They must have liked that title, but were were, were uh, they probably love that tagline, but worried about the shit in there? Did they? And did then, they, they, they? They did like it, and right? They, I, I, they had yeah, to. Have and liked then it. Simon, the guy that, who helped me with the art, mm-hmm. the guy that helped me with a lot of stuff. His his alternate was "You'll shit in the woods." I thought that was funny too. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. Um. So what happens? I keep saying what happens, but Armando Sante flees. Our, our main character. Um, they take a, I guess, a helicopter well, ride. He says, he says, get in the car to the lady with her. Mm-hmm. You know, they all get in the car, and then next thing you know, they're in a helicopter. They're in a helicopter. They, by they, the way, there's a, there's a, there's a that that scene. There's dialogue in that mm-hmm. scene. Frankenheimer makes sure to zoom in to see that the real actors are on that helicopter. Yeah, and you could tell even from miles away, Talia Shire could not be less enthused. <laughs> well, she, she is well aware of the script. You know what I'm saying? She 
that is not a script that's going to keep you up at night. Well, the funny thing was, though, she's not been on the record turner. saying this is the best film she's worked on. <laughs> she's, in the, she's in The Godfather. And Rocky. <laughs> she's, she's on record, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, they... they uh, Helicopter, because they, they, I think they need to take a helicopter out there because they need someone else for the bear to kill. So you know the hell. As soon as you see that there's a helicopter pilot, he's he's done. <laughs> it's he's gonna be done, and he is. But they land. It's raining. I think it's isn't it? It's gonna rain. So Talia Shire, she can't be asked. She can't be asked to leave the helicopter because she's pregnant. She's there's good, yeah. She's, she's got to waste his time for a while. Yeah, and so she sits in the helicopter with the door open, and then why our hero goes out with um. Uh, I guess Armand DeSante's at least friend, uh, the woman Ramona, to go investigate this crime scene, much like Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> investigate the crime scene in Hard Target. So <laughs> they they and you know it's the crime. It's I say it's a crime scene. I guess it's the, the scene of a of the attack. There's a shredded tent. Yeah, that's how you know where you are. Um, there's a there's a chunks of trees. Wait, like, so the tent works out. The <laughs> uh, Claude, uh, you know, um, our main character is investigating the claw marks on trees. Sees there's a claw mark high up, and is like, "Wow, that's a big thing that made this." And then gets a stick and grabs some hair off of the claw mark, but the hair turns out to be a scalp. That's what you're talking about. Oh, it's a scalp. I guess the dad's scalp. Oh, I thought that was a piece of the prophecy. And he he holds it like, "Does this look good to you? Does this look right? Is he all right?" a scalp uh pulls that off of a tree and then uh which i thought was incredible and weird is he puts it on top of his head starts running around <laughs> trying to reenact the dad's last yeah. uh breath <laughs> i missed that sequence you didn't see that must have hit the 10 seconds button you remember that yeah. um and but meanwhile there is a chapter stop on the dvd that says It's a, it's a long chapter title. It says, take scalp, put scalp on, walks around pretending to be father. <laughs> Chat. The next chapter is, he isn't. <laughs> he, he is a... <laughs> but we get to meet the star of our film shortly after. Ba- baby prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is like... Uh... Uh, it's strange because it there's a lot of shots of the environment. It's it's you know a lot of them kind of walking through the woods. You know there's a, there's a, a lot of shots of them walking in the rain. But every once in a while they'll put a really crazy creature on on the frame. And this is Tiger Shire leaves the helicopter and for some reason it goes right into the rain and then stumbles onto well, a she hears little screams oh yeah because the guy had talked about how there's poachers so she wants to go look yeah, at he has a net that catches everything and they caught baby prophecy two of them and then baby prophecy's dead brother yeah and so the rest of the movie they they find this little mini version of the monster and and just like in all good movies when you take a creature's baby they love it well huge fan they never link that that's baby. They never say that's baby. The baby prophecy. There's baby. no way that's not baby. Prophecy. It looks like it. Yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of messed up. It creatures. looks like the poster a little bit too. Yeah, so they they can't get back in the helicopter because it's raining too hard, and so they start. They decide to hoof it with 
this monster in tow so they could test it, this little mutated animal in tow. Um, they take it to who we met, the guy we met earlier we failed to mention, but there is a an leader, elder, yeah. an elder of the group who wears, uh, you know, dumb scientist glasses. Yeah. And uh, he's not there. They, they go to his, they go to his, uh, his, his encampment, his camp or whatever. Yeah. He's not there. So, I mean, they don't, he has a name. I forgot what it is. I don't care what it is. Because <laughs> he's, he's uh, later on. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what is the translation, Indian translation of his name is Invincible. <laughs> he is later, um, I don't know how to put it. Uh, I don't know. Thrown around in the jaws of the prophecy like a rag doll. Waist deep in water getting. getting oh, he is. Does not it's survive. A great, it's a great. It's great. Finer moments in puppetry. That, yeah, it's good. But he's missing. And so they go to this camp. and um, Well, they figure, where's the safest place we could take this right. mutant bear? And he wants to nurse it back to health. The do- Richard Fox, whatever. Um, he wants so to let's go to tests. some tents. Let's go to some, some, some TVs. They do. They put a little IV in it. Well, I, I was, it's cute. There, there's a scene... They got like a little medical room. Yeah, it's good that they have all that equipment in this the, camp. Do you think the actors were pinching themselves when they got to film a prolonged sequence where they nurse a mutant bear puppet? <laughs> and it does that hap- is deathly serious. That moment. That's a it's a bad puppet and it has a bad uh, sound to it. <laughs> he keeps screeching and it's ugly. Um, it's not something that you would see in the water and take with you. I don't understand it. Yeah. But Tanya Shire, what's happening, what they're trying to make the point of is that she's very maternal. Yeah. And she ends up with the later half of the movies is holding this thing as they're as they're fleeing the murderous mutant bear. Yeah. Well, there's a scene where he runs off with it, leaving her behind. <laughs> well, well, realistic. Yeah. Um, but then it's what's showing you is that just how much she wants a, a baby, I think. That, that, that later doesn't work out too well for her because it bites her in the neck twice. <laughs> <laughs> um and then they drown it <laughs> but anyway so let's get back to <laughs> hope they got their tests though um they're they get attacked by the prophecy bear in this camp let's yeah. just let's just lay it out yeah they get attacked yeah luckily for them caves tunnels there's basements in these. There's tents. There's basements. They've dug tunnels under the tents. I didn't know that tents could have basements. Did yeah. you? Is yeah. that a thing? I don't know. I, maybe that's a tenement. <laughs> maybe but, that's what that means. But they're down there. That's where they... they, they uh, some people don't make it. Uh, the no, here's bear. what pissed me off, though. Mm-hmm. Frank and Albert took a big shit on us. <laughs> Zoom in, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All the good shit happens while they're down there. We get to hear great shit happening on the surface, and we got to sit down there with those assholes. So they have. A, so what happens? I keep saying what happens. I'm so sorry. They are uh, the bear attacks. Some no names that you don't care about get you know flung around. They get bitten. The helicopter pilot gets bitten in the shoulder. <laughs> they drag him to the tunnels. You He's, know he'll be okay. He, he's knocked out from the bear bite, but. There in the tunnels, and then Frankenheimer has this thing. As like Nick is saying, there's all this havoc. Uh, all the people that are hurt are getting eaten or destroyed, and you hear their screams. And he keeps showing 
close-ups of their faces. Like it, it's it lasts for like three minutes. It's, well, all the good shit's going on upstairs, and they just he keeps doing like deep focus or whatever. Like they keep doing like Citizen Kane shots in those stupid tunnels. Like enough, we get it. Yeah. Well, this is the Citizen Kane of mutant bear movies. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, a lot of close-ups of eyes. It's just. And you should, Tyler Shire's got the one teardrop. He really like must have loved that it's moment. It's also the scent of a woman of mutant bear movies, <laughs> and the North Dallas Forty of mutant bear movies. Uh, so then f- you hear the bear breathing heavy upstairs. Like Nick said, this is uh, another monster with respiratory problems, much like the Cathoga and the yeah. Relic, and yeah. um, and then it stops. So they think they're safe, which you know they're not. And so the the one character that you don't know that's down there decides to go up the ladder to see if everything's okay. How does it work out? What happens to them? He gets uh, destroyed and then thrown back down dead. <laughs> but then the bear does really go away. Yeah. Um, and then they got to make a break for, I guess, civilization with yeah. the mutant bear. They're trying to get away. Yeah. And then Armando Sanda says, I took archery class. Yeah, he carries around a bow. The idea of Armando Sante running with a fucking bow and arrow kills me. And Richard Dysert, like, so he splits off to, to they split up. He's like, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go uh, run to this, like, facility that I know to try to get help. And then the bear asks the question <laughs> of the film, what's for Dysert? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because my man gets... He has plenty of time to get over that. He he he. There's a fence. He's got plenty of time. He he finally tries to crawl under it too late. That's when he. That's where he could have got under it. But what he does is he tries to uh, pull pull it open. Yeah. It's locked. He tries to climb up it. False. Gives up. And then he climbs under it and gets gets half eaten. I guess. Um, but the bear, I think, could have got through that fence anyway. The bear's pretty strong. Yeah. It was futile. He was done already. Yeah. And that's the last you see him. It's not a bloody death, but I wonder if it was in the R-rated version. Yeah, I think it was a ripped in half death probably originally. Yeah, I hope so. He certainly got a gory death in the thing. Yeah, Oof. great, great. You know, there's a... a Oof! You know what? Can I, can I zoom in? Uh-huh. For folks who have listened to the previous podcast, mm-hmm. this, this film, we talked about this film featuring mutual actors from The Thing carried right. over. Some other actors from, from the Amityville Horror made their way into this film. You see them s- infesting the body of the baby bear's corpse later on in the film. The, the Amityville Horror? Yeah. About 1,100 of the flies from Amityville Horror shows up in Prophecy. Mm-hmm. They list them by name in the credits. <laughs> that, that shot of the little flies on, on the baby bear corpse, adorable. A little hereditary little tease <laughs> oh god so then it takes us to our climax where the bear faces its it's it's uh, its true enemy yeah How richard does, the fox the, the main character yeah, somehow I'm, he wins he should die but they the bear they they're in a jeep they get they get a hold of jeep they're they're Jurassic parking it out of there then you know they're going to get like T-Rex like there's no way that the yeah. bear is not going to come out but the bear does come out and then knocks the jeep over which i thought was pretty great yep. like it knocks the jeep on its side which oh, i thought was, kicks the jeep's 
Total ass. Everybody gets out except the helicopter pilot. He's <laughs> having trouble because he's strapped to a gurney in there. Yeah. Armand Asante's trying to get him up. Can't. Yeah. And then what does the mutant bear do to the poor little helicopter Leaves him pilot? alone. Doesn't bother him at all. Right. Great shot of him removing his head. Yeah, Actually, he, you don't see it, but it's you see a little he, bit of sleight of hand. Yeah. The, well, the the bear's backs to the camera, and when the bear moves away, head's gone. head headless. Um, we don't get to see the decapitated head. Maybe in the R-rated version, that yeah. then you could have had uh, the decapitated head with you on your island. Well, the funny thing is, though, uh, the last shot of the movie is him still piloting them to safety. <laughs> that helicopter, by the way, a yellow helicopter. Helicopter. <laughs> With orange, I think it's like orange and some kind of orange trim, like orange and black trim mm-hmm. or something. It's pretty cool. It's like it's definitely a seventies helicopter. Ma- can I make a zoom? Mm-hmm. Speaking of orange trim, Captain Kirk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know there's a dentist office by where I live? Did I ever tell you this? No. The dentist has a helicopter that's like it looks like it's from the seventies, and he there's a helicopter pad on top of the dentist office he sometimes uh, lands his helicopter up there just in case it's like a tooth emergency i don't understand it but sometimes there's a helicopter up there it's fucked up it's actually awesome has there ever been a a tooth situation that required a helicopter i mean i'm sure wow but i don't know what he i think he just yeah obviously he's just that's his passion Oh, okay but he hasn't bought a new helicopter for a while because it looks Looks like a Magnum PI helicopter. Fucking badass. Yeah. Um. Is the name of his practice tooth or to air? So that's when. So the bear attacks. You get the uh, the leader, the elder, confronts the. Uh, he says, "I got this. I got this." He's like, "I'm gonna." Everybody's swimming across a lake or whatever, and he's like, "I'm gonna stand here and and try to reason with the right how to go." Yeah, it went good. He gets jawed to death. He gets flung around. Yeah. It's almost like in the thing where the guy's heads are attached and he's like up in the air. Yeah, it's great. And then uh, everybody else makes it to like a little island in the middle of the lake. And the bear starts to very horrible looking. It looks like a bear at this point. It it looks different than the mutated face that we see. It's making its way across the waters. he's burnt. Yeah? He's had some burn damage, right? I don't know. How? Maybe I'm making it up. But he uh, walks in the water, and the water gets deep. Can't swim, apparently, and they think he drowns. Or she. I think it's a she, actually. Okay. Thinks she drowns. Um, and the, our hero celebrates. Says, yes, he drowned. She drowned. The drowned. The, the, the prophecy bear drowned. <laughs> so he says, drowned. Yeah, woo. And he starts to early celebrate. Do we need to have this happen in real time, by the way? You know, it's. The entirety of that thing underwater, the entire length of the lake, that shot takes that long. They had to throw the jaw shot in, though. You have to admit, they, when that guy said, um, it's jaws in the woods or whatever, yeah. that's this is the shot he was dreaming of. That He finally gets that bear in water. And they, they might as well put on that, because that fucking thing is coming towards them still, and they don't realize until they see the bubbles. Yeah, Those are some haunting bubbles. Am I? By the way, that's a, that's a cause to use a helicopter. What? jaws in the woods I mean you can't you gotta fly to it right dentist I mean he, he'll, that's the only way yeah fair enough Solved it. so they aren't safe <laughs> they try to go in this little tiny house to barricade it yeah barric I get it's it like, 
and was like fuck this. No, he starts to just tear apart the house. He looks he looks like a lot bigger. His size changes dramatically. Yeah, he does look like he's like That ain't Kevin Peter Hall. It looks very big. And um he Armando Sante decides to shoot arrows at it. How does it work? I mean, they do puncture its flesh. Yeah, he gets a couple shots in. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Goes for a third. <laughs> and then he gets uh uh, knocked into his next role. He is done. They show his close-up on his face. He is dead. Yeah, diagnosis finished. Either either dead or knocked out with his eyes open. Which one? Dead. Anyway, let me do a side zoom on Armand Asante real quick. Okay. Apparently, very kind of inexperienced in this movie, but apparently very well-liked at this film. Like People really like working with him. He's like super nice and very helpful to the crew. Um, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, like you like wasn't just like you know sitting on the sides and he was actually helping like set up shots and stuff like that. And I don't want to, I don't want to hear that. I want yeah. to think of him in a different way. Um, people said it, Armand Joy, you know, so to work with. <laughs> Long way. He gets killed. What What do you think? Yeah, great. Uh, um well he he gets killed but then um it the prophecy bear picks up our hero and the hero grabs a hold of an arrow and just jams it repeatedly into the face of our hero the prophecy bear <laughs> and there's a shot of like spurt coming out of its eye well hole. he keeps going for the eyes and yeah. so the bear for some reason doesn't he has a he has our the person that let's just say we hate the most in the film. He has it in his, him in his clutches, like yeah. in or her clutches, whatever. Doesn't crush him. Just lets himself. The bear lets. Yeah. Well, I mean, herself get yeah. repeatedly stabbed by it, the arrow. It's a symbolism for man and nature, really. Yeah. Oh, that's nature embraces us, and we stab nature in the eye repeatedly. Falls into the water, and then there's a shot of uh, him jumping arrow first just jumping on top of the prophecy bear and keep, keep stabbing it which actually is smart yeah but I was hoping that that bear would just fucking destroy him at the end <laughs> were you were you not rooting for that I to always happen? root for the bear yeah I mean get a final death in there we yeah. don't need him to live there's no sequel you know there's no sequel yeah and what has he done he's acted like a cold husband to his wife uh he hasn't made a decision uh well, there's one rat pit child in the ghetto that's fucking thrilled he exists. I guess. Um, well, so the bear, we think the bear's dead. He is. What do you mean? That he is dead. Did you see the last shot in the movie? What's the last shot? The bear. Oh, well, that's a different, that's a different creature. It's a different monster. That's not the same bear. It's another, it's another prophecy. It's a different one, though. It's an alive and well mutated monster okay a bony looking thing oh yeah it looks weird with a perfect eye uh, that's how you know it's not the prophecy I, did, I thought it had a healing eye oh well that's a definitely a you can't assume that Armanda Joy you know like to work with <laughs> if you and that's uh, the end of the the, the the next shot oh there's another we forgot this no there's another thing when the bear rips into the house or mm -hmm. the uh, our hero. I wish I knew his name. That's just so sad. I don't know his name. Let's like I said, I call him Billy. Yeah. 
shotgun to the face immediately shoots him in the face like as soon as he rips open the roof yeah boom that's a good shot how's it work no it's fine it hurts the bear anyway what were you gonna say but then as soon as the bear is defeated they're 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 done they're on a plane Mm -hmm. they're getting the fuck out right i would roll credits yeah well yeah you can't finish the movie faster hopefully i mean what do they cut out of this film it's super long what was was frankenheimer's cut like three and a half hours it's a bad film what i'm concerned is why do they not well, address the pregnancy i didn't again? mean it's bad it's it's not great but you like it why do they not address the pregnancy though <sighs> they do i mean that's the big worry we didn't talk about is talia shire figures out that she's been eating you know fish with mercury in it she's her that her baby is probably in jeopardy. Her fetus is probably be a, a, affected by this, you know, by mercury and and is going to be messed up. And so, you know, they they're both. And then you yeah, obviously that comes out. The husband know, knows she's pregnant, and that they're both worried. Right. And so I don't think that they're going to cut to like nine months later and having a perf- perfect baby bouncing boy or something. No, I want I want to know. I want answers. She get she went straight to get she went home and got an abortion, no. probably. Oh yeah. No, I don't want to think about that. Mm-hmm. I think that she delivered a her own little prophecy. Maybe. That's my happy ending. They're like, uh, she's like, oh my god, it's hideous, and it's ah, oh. and then uh, the doctor's like, perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's perfect. I, I, already the best person in this family. <laughs> uh, so you're uh you know, it's the end of the film. It's over. Um, you know, we got some shit. We got, still got the hard work to do, though. I know. We got to do the work. Got to put the time in yeah. for this part. Thinking about, you know, distilling this movie into one oh. sole image. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to pick from. Yeah. I mean, a lot. I mean, you have to think of whatever the image is. It has to represent the message of the movie. Okay. Yeah. You know, man has whipped his fucking dick out and put it onto nature's forehead. You know? Something that really encapsulates I that. I do know. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the original tagline? <laughs> original tagline was, you thought Talia Shire was boring and rocky? <laughs> um... I, you know, you, the the image, you know, you're, what are you going to say? You're going to sleep back? No, no. What, you have something? I was going to, I would, the image I would take is Armando Sante's stunt double. Coming through the Jumping window? half, and just click the shot when he's halfway through that window. Great. And he's doing like the, the jump, the side jump, like the shoulder first. Yeah. Legs like a crouch. Spider-Man jump. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good shot. Yeah. yeah. One take, one take. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, I might have to be that bloodhound in the air. <laughs> Wave him like you just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that dog gave more for this film than anyone. Like, yeah. It was hanging by the neck. Oh, you talking about the one that's airlifted out? Yeah. 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 That's fucked up. Like they, that's a real dog, a real helicopter, and they're really lifting it out. That's, yeah, yeah. I think it's was up. it the same? You think it was the same helicopter guy that lifted the dog out? Could be. 
wouldn't pay. I didn't zoom in nearly enough. He spent his final days doing absolutely dog shit. <laughs> like he airlifted a dog away from a, a crime scene, which is exactly what the dogs last day. Although they didn't never they never found the the search part. They never found that crime. They never found that. They did uh, actually. Yeah, they were picking apart prophecies shit later on. He didn't eat his victims. That's true. He just like was, or she just was just off. angry. Just pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't snacking too hard. What do you think she ate? Did she eat fruit? Just ate, be, killed victims and then had I, like that would be the, adding to the ecological message: vegetarian kicking meat eater ass. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. All right. That's good. We killed it. Um. <laughs> nailed it. Um, all right, so you, Justin, are, have been whisked away to Vancouver. You're a part of this movie now. Mm-hmm. Where's your, where's your, where are you st- planting your stake? Oh, that's a tough one. Where am I going to, who would I be in the film? Yeah. yeah that's a tough one. Now the fetus, for <laughs> sure. You're another fetus? I'd be, no, I'd be in, I'd be Talia Shire's soon to be born. <laughs> In the eight months child, you know? Yeah. That's what I'd be. You a method actor? No. So I'd, the whole time, I'd be like, what's going on? Like, I'd be like, what's what's happening out there? I'd, I'd you know, the close-ups on my fetal eyes because just like in the tunnels, when all the sounds are happening and they're, they're showing yeah. everybody's faces, they'd be showing, they could show me. Yeah. I'd be like, what? First yeah. of all, what is noise? Second of all, what is happening out there? It's funny because when you drive to Florida, you see all those billboards about like abortion. Mm-hmm. Right? If it has a heartbeat, right, it's a life. Right. Well, there's another one that says if it speaks English, from inside it has a life. If it knows what noise is, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, and I'd be like, I hope mommy and daddy both want me. You know, I hope they both are in agreement that it's they want words. a child. Yeah. And then uh, I, I'd be like, you know, like is someone playing like some kind of? I guess I'd call it a cello. But is that what's happening out there? Because it sounds not great. Sounds not like confident. Vi- to my young ear, it sounds like a viola. <laughs> it just sounds like it's not confident playing. Yeah. Somebody Hope is... Hope it's not because of me. I smell pulp. That's why I'd be in the paper mill. I kind of smell... Are they making paper? Holy yeah. shit. Hopefully white paper. I wish I knew. I wish I knew someone would narrate. Yeah. And I'd be like... Uh, I hope construction paper exists because he's talking about just brown and white paper. That's not the kind of world I want to be in. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I'd be her unborn child. Not bad. Going along for the ride in the woods. Nice. Adventure in the woods. How about you? I'm, uh, I'm another Native American who takes a stand against the man. Okay. Not, as, not quite like Armand did with a chainsaw versus axe. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually, I don't mean to brag, uh, I park my moped in front of one of those guys and I it took a while for him to get me to move it whose side would you be on I'm on the I'm, I'm, I'm pro nature but you have a mo you have a moped I have a moped and they're trying to get through a busy street mm-hmm. and I put my moped slightly in front of it oh so this is before they get to the chain this is in a completely different city <laughs> well, how would you be a part of the film then I'm, I'm, I'm feeling I have, I have I'm like two quarters you know two quarters of my family have native blood. Okay. So what I'm saying is... What are you stopping them from doing? And are, are you anywhere near the no, prophecy I'm in, bear? I'm in civilization, and I'm in a street. They could drive around me very easily, but I'm, I'm a slightly in the way. But I'm taking a stand. 
For what? Who's in the way? The, is it the paper company? No. <laughs> no. Do you know you're taking a stand? Uh, or are you just in the way? That's all I talk about. Like, everyone who will listen, mm-hmm. I'm talking about what a fucking patriot I am. Um, pretty badass guy, to be honest. Um, so that's is what there, I'm doing. I'm making a, I'm a message. Final question. Is there any mutated monsters around no but just paper everywhere there is a line in this where a hero says uh freakism that's what's happening out there and honestly zoom in Mm -hmm. he's right yeah and i'm not just talking about mutated monsters in the woods or mutated animals yeah it's a crazy oh yeah planet yeah we killed it nuts um all right so uh You've been given the ample resources to build your own related restaurant, theme park, mm-hmm. attraction right. for prophecy. Mm. Run, run wild. <laughs> you could, it could be anything. Yeah. Hmm. We also, I'm just going to put a bookmark in this. We also have to retitle this movie because it is, Prophecy is not good enough. Okay. Two, we have to do the sequel. We have okay. to figure out a sequel. Okay. They never did make one. All right. Restaurant or theme park. Um, I, I'll tell you what we did. Yeah. Um, marketing we, budget of the film. We didn't know what viral marketing was back then, mm-hmm. but what we did was we went through every single grocery store and did an insul- an art installation. We replaced all those honey bears with mutant bear honey dispensers. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you mean instead of the, the bear-shaped honey containers. Yeah. Okay. It's prophecy. So it just looked like melted? He squirted he squirted melt out of the melt prophecy. <laughs> she just melted the containers. Does it make it look crazy? I'm not going to tell you how we achieved the... You effect. didn't really do anything but just put them under a heat lamp, <laughs> warped them a little bit. Left them in the car. But <laughs> huge success. Instant recall. I would... My product would be... Um, and it's like you're playing at the at parties when you're growing up. It's kind of fun. It's like pin the tail on the donkey. Did you ever do that? Yeah, all the time. So I would do a thing where you pin the scalp back on the dead dad. <laughs> it would be a... <laughs> and it would be, you know, still blindfold, turn him around, you know, pin the... I think that would work. And it's like a little prophecy, a little... Be, kids could have fun. It's a fun game, but they also remember... Uh, a classic movie from 1979. <laughs> Great. So what would you retitle this film? I think Prophecy okay. does it a disservice. I don't think that's a good enough title. And I think the one that's it's always going to be remembered for, it's not its fault, but the Prophecy is what you think of when you hear that title. Okay. The Angel movie. With Eric Stoltz. Gary. Gabriel. Eric Stoltz is in that. I know. Hiding in the attic doesn't of the he, school. Doesn't his eyes get burned out or something? I think he does die. They don't have any genitals, the aliens, or the angels. Remember, that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. That's good to know. 
they they carry that into preacher if I remember right. Um. So we're gonna retitle this bitch. Yeah, let's do it. Think like what that what helps you. I think would help would help you. And sometimes I do in my day to day as I put myself in John Frankenheimer's shoes mm-hmm. and think about what it must have been like to be a director for hire in this, come into a situation that uh, maybe a little trouble, start calling the shots. How do I get out of this coffin? But go. Uh, prophecy is not good enough. Like I guys, we're gonna have to retitle this one. The creature effects aren't good enough. The title's not good enough. Right. Do you got something? No, that's what I'm asking. Uh, Do you got something? Um, how about uh, Sacred Ground? That works. You don't sound too enthusiastic. Well, it doesn't... It's it's vague as well, mm-hmm. as is Prophecy. And it's not... They didn't know that they were going to make a Christopher Walken movie. So, I know they didn't. I said it wasn't its fault, but I mean, it can be. Have, it could have a better title. Um, Mercury Rising. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, they've never. Nobody's ever done anything like that. That's good. They wouldn't run into the same problem they ran in with Prophecy. Man, that's a. That is good. Man, that's not a bad suggestion. (laughs) Ursa versus what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, think of Jaws, right? Like, Jaws is like a great title. Yeah. What could be the equivalent of this uh, for that title for this? Like ugly. Um, yeah, it could be like mutant. Isn't what's the, there's a movie called Mutant, yeah, right? Came out after this though, so that wouldn't have been a bad one. Um, yeah. Laid bare. <laughs> well, that's the. the <laughs> it's got babies. It's true. Uh, Abertion. <laughs> <laughs> Great. What about the the sequel? What would you do? Could you envision a sequel? Oh fuck yeah! They should have done one. They should still make them. There's so much story. There's so much things to explore. I mean, just because they got like you said, like like we talked about, it, the final shot is, it's like rearing uh, up. Yeah, it's it's teasing the sequel. Yep. There's another dumb looking creature. That's about to, uh, that's screaming, you yeah, know? Yeah. And its mouth's not moving. <laughs> screaming through its skin, I guess. <laughs> that's what you call the movie. So, uh, skin scream. So the boy survives, the sleeping bag boy, but he, he is in a wheelchair because okay. he broke his uh, back, but he survived and his family's dead. Yeah. Um, and it's just about how he grows up to become a uh, environmentalist. Mm-hmm. Works, uh, you know, works with environment. And that's it. There's no, there's no bears. There's no. It's not a horror film. But oh. You just you get to know that the the kid 
survived that tragedy and thrived. Nice. And one day he wheels into a uh, grocery store. Uh oh. It's working. It's working the bag aisle. The end. <laughs> By the way, yeah. Paper mill. Yes. Bear. Dog shit bear. A. A. Milne wrote on paper, dog shit bear. You don't like Winnie the Pooh? It doesn't matter what I like. You just call him dog shit. Man. Fuck Winnie the Pooh. So you, your sequel would be a, about A.A. Milne? No, I'm just saying. I just made a comparison. Paper, mill, knee, bear, mill, knee. A lot of synergy between prophecy and, and Winnie the Pooh. Don't just stick knee in there. Where did knee come from? Milne. I know, but where'd you get the knee? No, mill. I know. Uh, when you change your name, when you get married, it's like knee, the prophecy bear. Fair enough, you got it. Okay, you got it. Right <laughs> got but what would your sequel be? Okay, so. Um, and so then the kid dies late in old age. And then one day, a bear wanders in the cemetery and, and eats his dead body. Here's what happens. Yeah. This is a fucking great sequel. It's sort of Jaws-esque. Okay. They killed Prophecy's young. Right? They killed the babies. They killed the young. Well, they do drown. Okay. Uh, well, man killed both with the net and all that. They get Talia Shire and Richard Foxworth give birth to a child. Bear's like, I'm coming to get some. <laughs> Revenge. Bear in the city. Comes yeah. after they're young. This is such a good idea. This is such a better idea than mine. Yours is greenlit. So they cut it, cut, and what happens? Not much. Not much. Matter <laughs> of fact, the name of the movie is Bare Minimum. So then Talia Shire's pregnant again, again won't tell her husband that she's pregnant, even though they have a newborn. Even though she's showing. <laughs> uh so what? So what happens? The, the, the bear. Oh, uh, the stalks stalks that entire family throughout the city, and just does a great job. Armand Desante also in mine is also still alive. Yeah, also in a wheelchair. Yeah, he's he's quadriplegic. Mm-hmm. He uh he has a huge discussion with his eyelids. But he uh they both are yeah the bear. I, I can see and the guy that gets gets um goes up and out of the tunnel and immediately gets killed yeah. also alive yeah and how do you think the bear gets to the city helicopter ride from you know who <laughs> the, helico- the headless helicopter yeah. pilot yeah he's still alive yeah yeah that's a great name for a, like a scary story he's got like tape around his neck nope didn't even bother oh he just doesn't have a head anymore no the head's rotted in the woods oh god yeah I'm sorry to hear this a buddy movie like, him, like the way that him and the bear kind of play off each other I think I think your idea is good. I like the idea of the bear getting revenge, um, even though the bear got killed and it's a different monster. Are you saying that the bear didn't get killed at the end? I, I'm not sure. I don't think maybe it did. Anyway, I got to reread that book. What prophecy? Did you read the book? I have the book. I had the book. I yeah. think it was boring as nut. So I, they adapted it correctly. <laughs> Uh, oh, Women Island. Holy shit. Oh, I almost forgot. Oh, you said, oh, yeah. Gotta put some on that damn island. Yeah. 
Maybe my sequel idea is not so good, but I, I wish I wish I like your idea. Um, both yeah, dumb. presents from this. What or what would you take? Oh man! Oh, I'm gonna just tell you. One morning, you wake up, mm-hmm. leaning up against a tree. A cello shaped box. Oh wow! But nothing. There's no ch- cello. There's cello in it. There is. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you can learn. You can learn a trade. The, the sweet sea shanties you could make. Thank you. That's a good gift. I would take the portable radio that the little the girl had, the hiker. Yeah, it only be, plays music from the seventies. I think that's a that that's a very loud thing. Um, had to have a pretty good battery life. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe like who knows? I don't know how how things would go out there. Maybe I'd be able to make batteries on the island. <laughs> out of, I mean, like, con- like exactly, conks. yeah, coconuts, yeah, and uh, seashells. Fishbone. Uh, what about you? What would you take? I would take. Um, damn, there's so many fucking sweet things in that movie. I can't take Talia. <laughs> I think I might. I might actually. Yeah, I will make it my mission in life on my island to prove you can get by in a down sleeping bag. Oh, okay. It's your funeral. Sweating my ass off in the tropics. Actually, it's by his the way. funeral. <laughs> huh? Steaming ass in the tropics. I hope it doesn't rain because that bag will retain that moisture. And guess what you need in a dry, arid climate? Retained moisture. I'll be drinking, squeezing the bag into my <laughs> mouth at night. So it, bu- business as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
Everything I already know We are open, we are chosen 